Thanks to Haley K for being our supporter on Patreon. If you'd like to get a shout out at the beginning of our show and future shows and support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash top rope chef. Thanks. We're cooking up some recipes, gonna give them a spin. If you're messing with top rope chefs, you can never win. We'll be leaving you in the kitchen, wishing you were beaten, battered, and fried. And we'll be cooking up some main dishes, desserts, and yummy things on the side. Can you take the heat? 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 Top rope Welcome to Top Rope Chef. We are your Top Rope Chefs. I am Bradley Jawbreaker Jones. With me as always. Jacqueline the Mutilator Maynard. <laughs> Those names come in courtesy of Claire G from Facebook. She emailed us some great names. If you would like your name credited and give us some good names to say at the beginning of the show, email us, topropechef at gmail.com. Yes. There's literally nothing to add. You covered all the bases. <laughs> Those are the facts, and then we are done with it. Jacqueline, what are you drinking this evening? I feel like I'm coming down with a cold, so I'm drinking some tea. <laughs> yeah, I've been drinking ginger and lemon tea all week because I feel like I've been coming down with a cold. That's what exactly what I'm drinking. I just have sore throat. All I have is just sore throat. Oh, Nothing that's else the is... worst. Sore throat yeah. is like the precursor to everything else, the waterfall of symptoms. It really is. It like moves its way up the nose and out your ears, and but so far I think I've I've killed it. I, I've drowned it with enough lemon and lemon and ginger tea. I've also been giving uh, lozenges. I've got a mixed berry ricola that tastes very good. What's your uh, lozenge of choice? Would you say? Uh, I don't All? like lozenges, so I no. usually suck on lemon wedges. <laughs> <laughs> this is all, it's so sour. <laughs> I I like the sour. I like the bite. It makes me feel alive. This is a kind of lemon and bite into a piece of ginger. Yeah. Oh, I've heard um, raw garlic bulbs are good. Just eating a raw piece of garlic? I don't know if I yeah. want that in my oh, life. Oh, it's super gross. But it supposedly is like a, a punch to your immune system. But I've not tried it because I don't care for raw garlic that much. Yeah, I like roasted garlic or cooked garlic. I met a man on the street the other day and he came up to me with something to sign. I don't know what for. A garlic forum? Well, I mean, it should have been by the way he smelled, because he rode his bike up to me and then stopped. (laughs) And then, like, the wind of, like, bike airstream caught up and just, like, pow, it was garlic. And then all I could focus on was the just, it was, like, oozing out his pores. And I feel like he's a a raw garlic eater. Do that? How wouldn't you just smell everything about you would smell like garlic if that was your life? I believe, yeah, but everything about this man (laughs) smelled like garlic. (laughs) I mean, he was a nice guy. He gave me a book that he wrote. I don't... He's just... A full-on, just, like, 300-page book or whatever? Yeah, like, like... a little novella. Oh, yeah. okay, a little guy. Well, I mean, it's like... I don't know how big a novella is. I just thought I would sound smart if I used that word. I picture being, like, under 50, 50 pages. Oh, it was, it was like, 200. Oh, maybe not, then. I have no idea. I don't know. It was, it was a book, though, about robots something oh it wasn't like fun it's like where we're going as a society it seemed a little preachy i haven't read it (laughs) (laughs) trying to think of of what robot book i think i want to have like uh wear robots where like someone transforms into a robot during the full moon is that a thing that exists yet like the episode of futurama yeah but (laughs) 
not just no like a man turning into a robot. Oh, and wait, like a man become, turns into you, a robot. You become you become robot Jacqueline when the full moon's out. Oh no, thank you. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with that. The robots will kill us. Is it's going to happen? They have robots that you can push and they like won't trip and fall. They like catch themselves. That's all they needed. All they have to do is master like the catching a frisbee trick, and then then we're all doomed as a species. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it w- I think Elon Musk says that robots will kill us before anything else does. He did. warming or food or what? anything else. We, we need to be afraid of AI more than we need to be afraid of anything. We do. Well, I was going to segue, but you want to talk about something, so I'll let you finish that thought. No, I'm good. That was enough robot uprising conspiracy <laughs> theory for one podcast that's not about. <laughs> we had some pretty good recipes today. It's our Halloween episode. Woo! We- Aren't recording this. Um, we recorded this before Halloween, but now it's after Halloween because Brad ah. doesn't know what the schedule of stuff is. So we t- well, these are two spooky wrestlers. That's how we picked them. The spookiest there have ever been. One's just a straight up vampire man who's been dead for forty years. Is, is that true? I don't think that's true. <laughs> I just thought it'd be spookier if he was. He has real fangs. Blows my a- might. A fi- affixed to his teeth. Like he paid to have dental implants that look make him look like a douche. Make him look like a vampire, straight up. That's not a cool thing, though. Was it? So wait, when when was Gangrel around? The nineties? Um, yeah, we're talking about Gangrel. We're doing his deviled eggs. Gangrel was a vampire man from the late nineties, maybe early two thousands. He showed up as part of the Brood with Edge and Christian. They had, like, long blonde hair and were kind of skinny little weirdos. They were meant to be brothers on WWF, and they kind of just looked like his little, like, he was the big bully, and they were his two little matching cronies. Or they could be, like, the, you know, you follow the vampire for X amount of years, and maybe if you're good enough, they'll turn you into a vampire. So Gangrel is also a blonde man, but he is huge. Like, you don't expect him to be so huge because he's a vampire, and vampires are usually, like, the elves of the monster realm. They're just, like, thin and dainty and kind of feminine looking but he's like a huge monster of a man full of tattoos when he's not wearing a blousy romantic pirate shirt and he's terrifying doesn't he have fake eye like contacts in his eyes as well i would think he would i picture him with it he probably does yeah he he was scary as a, as a little kid seeing Gangrel come down to the ring, I was honest to goodness, like, frightened of Gangrel. Folks, get ready for Gangrel. Yeah, this is, this is, this is weird, JR. I don't like this. There's like red all over his like background screen. He comes down wearing glasses. He's got a goblet full of blood. <laughs> They're like those like 90s like blue lens tiny little color number. <laughs> <laughs> He's like mouthing off to the crowd, like turning his head, like showing those fangs out. Yeah. Pours that goblet of blood all over his blouse yeah he's got this beautiful gold chalice full of blood and he stands up on the turnbuckle like rose on the bow of the titanic and then he picks up this goblet and he looks around and he like 
sprays the I'm trying I'm getting distracted doing the motions. He like sprays <laughs> the the blood up in the air and he gets it all down his shirt and it drips down his face and he doesn't wipe it. And if this sounds dorky and not scary the way we're describing it, it it really was like seriously scary and badass looking. It wasn't like goofy like how it might seem right now. <laughs> it's frightening. Yeah. I thought he was legit vampire man and for all intents purposes he is. He lives his life as a vampire. He goes to clubs at night. He hangs out. He, I'm pretty sure he drinks blood. Probably, if he's that he, into it. Yeah, he lives that that life. I want to know what a vampire club is like. I think I have an assumption in my head that it's a lot of black leather. Okay. It's very darkly lit. A lot of horrifying looking people. <laughs> Outcasts of our society, if you will. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> all, all finding each other in leather whips and chains and, you know. So just, you're so you're thinking uh, like a dominatrix vampire. Oh, well, 100%. Okay. I don't think there's like an, uh, any sort of safe version of this vampire nightclub. <laughs> Well, if you're drinking human blood, <laughs> probably not. But I was thinking it would be more like a Victorian thing, like a steampunk oh, cosplay. You want like an interview with a vampire style vampire club? See, that's what I'm thinking he was more or less based on, because that was like the big vampire craze that happened in the 90s, wasn't it? Maybe they just hang out and play like polo or something and just talk about talk about politics. I don't know, vampire politics. There was that vampire that ran for president a while ago, Vlad the Impaler, I think he called himself. That's insane that those words came out of your mouth just now. <laughs> I don't understand. We were going to have a vampire president and we don't have one? I mean, he he would be better. <laughs> I'm on record. <laughs> on record. <laughs> we would have been better with literally Dracula as our president. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Does Gangrel perhaps live in Florida? I would have to imagine that a lot of wrestlers do. That's like where a lot of the training centers are in WWE or F, just like as coincidence as would have it. I'm going to make a um, bet oh. right now that that's where most of the vampire nightclubs are at also is Florida. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe um, um, Massachusetts, maybe some sort of like old town, like Virginia, Maine, maybe like an old state. Okay. Yeah. Salem probably has a vampire night where you can just like come out and... Yeah, you they know. have like witches' covens in Salem. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean that's like it's almost the same thing, right? Which I don't know. I don't want to lump vampires and witches together. Don't think I'm that kind of person. I know they're two separate things. I'm just saying maybe one. Brad, the phones are lighting the up. I am, I know, and I will not answer them. <laughs> I will also not take anything back with my brutal assumptions about witches and vampires being associated with one another. <laughs> Anyways, back to Gangrel. So we made Gangrel's deviled eggs. Jacqueline, can you tell me a little about this recipe? If you will. You will. Don't be misled by the black nail polish, the gothic attire, or the vampire look of Gangrel. He's not a bad guy, and there's nothing evil about his deviled eggs. When my dad would send me to the barn to gather eggs, hen fruit he used to call them, I would always insist that mom whip up some deviled eggs. <laughs> I once ate 12 of them in a city. <laughs> That's too many eggs, Jim Ross. That's too many eggs. And then was introduced to castor oil. My suggestion is that you call a halt after 11 of these delights. I called a halt after six. That's that, And that's all I made, yeah. <laughs> I ate them for breakfast. Is he talking about 12 whole eggs, like a dozen eggs, or is he talking about six whole eggs? I don't know. I would think... 
I would think the halved. Okay. But I wouldn't put it past JR just to not <laughs> eat eggs one day. Glutton up some eggs, yeah. I mean, he sounds like a pushy kid demanding he his ta- mom to go and make eggs for him. Make them make yourself. There's four ingredients. <laughs> not He does. He definitely talks a lot about his childhood in these descriptions of his like his wanting of things he used to have from from when he was a kid. So yeah, he's he's pining for for some of these recipes. But okay, so the ingredients to Gangrel's deviled eggs are six hard boiled eggs, a quarter cup mayonnaise or salad dressing, one teaspoon vinegar, one teaspoon prepared mustard, one half teaspoon salt, paprika or parsley for garnish. Optional. So how did this work for you? It was fine. I mean, they're pretty basic. I mean, they're like right in the middle. The only thing that I maybe don't usually put in my deviled eggs would be vinegar. Okay. And I did make a bad substitution that's not going to be of a popular opinion for anybody, but I used Miracle Whip instead uh, of just straight up mayonnaise. Boo. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I am that guy, people. I thought... I looked at this recipe and I thought it just needed like a little bit of a kick or a little bit of like a tang that I wasn't really seeing. And I just went ahead and made that substitution. Not even a substitution because it doesn't say salad dressing, which I guess Miracle Up technically is. It is a salad dressing. There you go. So, so. How, was it good? Was it worth it? No. Uh, no. <laughs> but but in making this recipe, I forgot how good egg salad was. And I just need to make more egg salad. That's the thing I want to do. I agree with you 100%. Egg salad is so good. <laughs> I'm wasting my time making these halved eggs and not bringing them to some sort of party, because that's what you would do with deviled eggs. You don't just make deviled eggs for yourself. What kind of a crazy person are you? Ron Swanson. You just make egg salad. Ron Swanson would make, yeah, that's 100%. <laughs> and, but, I mean, making yourself an egg salad sandwich, that's, like, way more normal, and that's what I would have done better. How do you do an egg salad sandwich? I do eggs. I do mustard. I do relish. Relish was missing from this um, recipe, which I think would have been really good, too. Um, Mayonnaise, a little bit of pepper, and paprika, or cumin. Paprika or cumin. Cumin? I've never heard that one before. I like to put some dill pickle in my uh, egg salad and some garlic powder. It's a little exciting. It's super exciting. That dill gives a good bite. I love dill. Just, like, straight up just dill weed. Just, like... Put it on things. Just oh my pickles. Gosh. I eat pickles all day long. I kind of want a pickle now. I heard of a crazy thing. Maybe you'll try it at some point. Um, cutting a hot dog or a sausage or a bratwurst down the middle. So it's like you put it in the bun, which is at hen half, and you put the, the hot dog or whatever in, and you cut that, and then you put a, a, a pickle in the inside of the cut meat. What? So it's like... Okay. A, a geom- geometrically fit pickle inside <gasps> of a thing. It like fits nicely. That <laughs> sounds <don't> <laughs> delicious. And then do you put like cheese on it? You can do whatever you like after that point. It's just like getting everything to look concise and small in a in a hot in a hot. Uh... So it's like three quarters sausage meat stick, one quarter pickle. I mean, you just cut it in half. You don't remove any of the meat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut a little, cut a little slit, slit in that meat, and that's a terrifying word. But anyway, <laughs> and then you put the pickle in there. That sounds good. I would yeah. put some of those like French's fried onions on there. Yeah. Mm. Now we're talking hot hot dogs. And now all I want is a hot dog. <laughs> I haven't eaten dinner yet today. I'm just real hungry. <laughs> <laughs> 
what did you uh, substitute or change in the ingredients? So I swapped out the uh, vinegar for some garlic hot sauce that I recommend to do pretty much always. It was super delicious. Yeah. Any food you have, it seems like it'd be a, a no-brainer. To oh, use yeah. That. Super good. Uh, wasn't as spicy, but it was still really delicious. And then I added some garlic powder because I pretty much, I think, in every recipe add garlic powder. And it's always worth it. Always needs garlic. Do you ever use garlic salt? Or are there ever, like, what's your situation for that? I have never used garlic salt. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I, 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 I'll keep garlic powder, garlic salt, onion powder, and onion salt for various things. Specifically, like popcorn, I think, is pretty good if you use the, the Ooh, salt. Ooh, that would be good. Over the powder, but... Yeah. yeah, no, I haven't done that. I just, I have salt and I have garlic powder. I just didn't want to buy another thing. Another thing. <laughs> it's just laziness, really. <laughs> <clears throat> But yeah, I can see how that would be really good. Um, can you go over how Jim Ross suggests making deviled eggs? I can. Because uh, he doesn't tell you how to boil them. Yeah, that's my gripe with this. Because that's the most difficult part about making <laughs> anything with a hard-boiled egg is how to do it. And he just skips that. <laughs> he skips right over that one. Oh, you have hard-boiled eggs, he assumes, in step yeah, one. Yeah, just in your fridge. Anyways, Jim Ross's instructions are one, two, three. Have the hard-boiled eggs lengthwise, remove the yolks, and set the egg whites aside. Mash the yolks with a fork and stir in the mayonnaise, vinegar, mustard, and salt. Stuff the egg whites with the yolk mixture and garnish with paprika or parsley if desired. And that's it. So how do you hard boil an egg, Jacqueline? I am paranoid about undercooked egg yolks. So I just put the eggs in the cold water and then turn it on and get it boiling and then let it go for 10 minutes and then I've overcooked the egg, but it's boiled. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? I'm a little bit in the same kind of camp. I only I do wait for the water to boil before I put my egg in. Okay. It's a little more tricky that way because you risk um, breaking the egg. And if you like break a uh, egg you're trying to, to boil, it's just a huge mess. It's like disgusting. Little, the little string will start coming out of the egg. It makes me sick. It makes me think of fish poop. <laughs> and I don't want to think about that when I'm eating. Or you just happen to like have an egg that like has a little bit of like a broken shell that's like just it somehow finds a way to start bubbling up and try to escape. Yeah, that's why I read about that. That that's putting the eggs in the cold water is how you avoid that. But I still don't know how long you're supposed to cook it. <laughs> yeah, I just bring the water to a boil, um, put a little salt in the water, just to you know make things go faster, and then I just simmer it, and I just hopefully just forget that I even put them on the stove, and then they'll be done by the time I go back to them. <laughs> so is that like 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Yeah, about about 10 minutes. These eggs in particular were very hard to peel, I remember. It was like the, the shells just kept cracking and breaking, and I ended up taking a lot longer than it should. It wasn't that nice, easy, just there goes the shell kind of kind of dealy with mine. So maybe that has something to do with overcooking, too. So you couldn't bring those eggs to a party, though, because it looked like you mangled them. Once you cut them in half and put them, you know down they look fine exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have one of those fancy hard-boiled egg platters no but that's like all you use them for right people have those i think so but i mean there's got to be another use you could make uh you could make jello in those easter eggs and then you could have the easter eggs and scoop out a little bit of the middle and then put like marshmallow or frosting in the middle and then eat that mm. <laughs> How gross does that sound? I, I don't want that. That sounds like my Easter nightmare when I go to like my family's house and they're like, oh, we made this dessert. And I'm like, 
Uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> you made garbage. <laughs> you unwrapped a box of peeps. Oh, no, the peeps. We're going to get into peep season? Oh, boy. I am not looking forward to peep season. It's always peep season, though, because I saw little ghost peeps and little pumpkin peeps already. That's true. Yeah, and they're... They're, they're encroaching on other holidays. Ugh, oh, no. Turkey Why peeps? would they do that? Why would Santa... they stop? Idiots buy San... them. Santa peeps? Oh, that'd be funny to watch explode in the microwave. That's the only reason to buy peeps is to watch the shapes explode. Just to buy a marshmallow in general. It's like the funnest thing ever is just to put it in the microwave to see it get bigger. Disagree s'mores. But it is fun. Um, Wait, can can I... Why aren't we all eating marshmallows to save, like, hunger? Can't we all just microwave, (laughs) just keep microwaving marshmallows until we get a giant marshmallow? I think because there's no nutrition in a marshmallow at all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's got the calories, but none of the... Probably negative nutrition. Just going to give a bunch of people who don't eat diabetes real fast. What do you give the Gangrel rating? I give Gangrel's deviled eggs a rating of two and a half. And it makes me want to have an egg salad sandwich. And if I was an egg salad sandwich and I could have put it in that, it'd be a three, but two and a half. Okay. I'm going to give it a three. (laughs) (laughs) It's a solid, like, rating for deviled eggs, I feel. Like, you're not going to get, like, a five deviled egg. No, it's got to be out of the park. Show me that five deviled egg, and I will gladly shake your hand. Yeah, it's got to be, like, (laughs) homemade, like, fancy aioli kind of deal, and I don't know what else. You got to have the chickens that laid the egg in your backyard at the time. Freshest eggs, yeah. Somebody who knows how to actually boil eggs properly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, three. Can't mess it up. We're going to take a break. We're going to be talking about another recipe in a second. Thanks. We'll be right back. And we're back talking about Halloween recipes. Another spooky character is on the agenda tonight. The most powerful Uh, spooky character. He's probably the best gimmick of wrestling in wrestling all time ever. He's up in the echelon of like knowledge not like people know who this person is. He's like the Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. When you say this guy's name, you're like, oh yeah, he's just like one of the guys the same kind of wrestler that everyone knows. The Rock. When are we gonna say his name? <laughs> we made Undertakers, Turkey and Spinach, Tetrazzini. So good. So The Undertaker debuted in the early 90s at a Survivor Series. He still wrestles currently. He'll be at this year's WrestleMania, most likely. Yeah, he is a beast. He is like 6'4". He's a big man. No, he's bigger than that. He's probably like 6'7", 6'8". All right, he's 6'7". He's huge. And he is straight from hell. (laughs) That's his deal. (laughs) (laughs) His manager, Paul Bearer, brought him into the WWE he followed a spooky urn that's always been like part of his character is this mysterious urn. We're not quite sure what's inside it. Could be Undertaker's soul itself or something else entirely different. I think it's his mother's ashes. Could be. And that might have even been a storyline because Kane and him were the brothers of destruction. Storyline wise, our brothers. Kane is the other giant wrestler who has like a demon mask face and he's wears like red leather with like black leather claw marks on it. He never shows his face. Except recently. Because he's like maybe in like 2002 or three. Apparently, Kane had like a burned face. That was the whole idea that like Undertaker burned his brother's face in a fire or something like that. Yeah, just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. You said that in a weird way. 
<laughs> I love this storyline. But this isn't the Undertaker in the photo in this book. We got the American badass Undertaker we're looking at, which was a dark, dark time for <laughs> Undertaker fans. Boo. Attitude Era, again, when this cookbook was done, this is like a, I don't know what to equate it to, like a reboost of everything. It was like really Kid Rocky, like America, I don't know, it wasn't good. He came down to the ring on a motorcycle, he came down to a Kid Rock song. Not a motorcycle, a chopper. One of those chopper Chopper. ones where you stick your legs out, it looks like a little kid's bike. He wrestled in jeans and boots with a belt. No one should wrestle in jeans. That's not a good... (laughs) You can't move in jeans. Apparently, Undertaker could get his foot up. He was still just as agile and could do could do things. I mean, yeah. Well, he's not really known as being an agile wrestler either. He's like a powerbomb guy. Oh, yeah. But he will jump over the top rope. That's, That's so scary. That's one of his signature moves. Yeah. <laughs> it's so scary to see someone that huge just <laughs> jump over the rope like that. In his match with Shawn Michaels a few WrestleManias ago, he pretty much just lands like right on his head and didn't hasn't done the move since. And it was the scariest thing of all time. It was so worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Why his recipe is turkey and spinach tetrazzini. I don't really get it. I don't get the the connection between like demon, devil, undead zombie man, and Tetrazzini. <laughs> I think if you read the description, am I, am I wrong to think that's... Um, I thought it was his like what is wife's favorite meal. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it oh, okay. That. Why don't you read so, us the description, Brad? I will not because I read the last one, so you should read this one. Okay. <laughs> My sources tell me the 6 foot 10 inch 325 pounder's favorite lady creates this filling and delicious meal quite often, and it always makes The Undertaker happy. And that's what you want this awesome superstar to be. Happy. (laughs) I've never seen him happy. (laughs) This is equally good with chicken or turkey, from my personal experience, as this is one of JR's favorite meals, too. Just add a nice salad and you're ready for a dine-in style. But he doesn't eat salad, first off. No. He never would be in the same room with a salad. But we're, I mean, we're four episodes in and we know he wouldn't touch a salad. Is there a salad in this book? I know there's like that mandarin orange salad. There might not be a salad in the book. Isn't I think a couple of the ladies, the divas. Oh, I see. Few and far between. The vegetables are hard to come by in this book. So we got his his wife made this recipe, I guess. Undertaker's lady. He has her tat her name tattooed across the front of his neck. Now I notice in this picture too. He doesn't have any tattoos, and currently he is just covered. Like, all available skin space is just covered in tattoos. And I al- I like thought I remembered him as always having those tattoos, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he got them, like, right after this little stint of his. Maybe he had, like, small ones on his back. He usually wrestled with his shirt. Yeah, he's covered in them now. The exception of the name of his wife, I couldn't tell you what any of them are. Probably mm. scary. Probably a lot of skull heads flying around. That's my guess. Anyways, what's in this recipe? I keep looking at him, and I feel like he's looking right into me. He is. It's, 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 fri- it's frightening me. He would be like, if you hung this picture up, we'll put it up. He, it would be like something you would hang in your like B 
beer cave in the garage, like with your like eighties lady uh, Corona posters, and then the Undertaker just staring at you. I don't like this look. I feel like he's following me. He is, but if you want to like have a somber <laughs> moment and kind of bring it down, you'd look at look into his eyes. No, thank you, <laughs> Jalen. What is in this recipe? Eight ounces of spaghetti broken into four inch lengths. Salt to taste. One dead turkey. Cut three cups bite-sized pieces of cooked turkey from the carcass. Two nine-ounce packages of frozen creamed spinach thawed. That that whole sentence makes me a little sick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One cup part skim ricotta cheese. Half a cup oil-packed sun-dried tomatoes drained and chopped. Two large garlic cloves minced. Ten tablespoons of grated Parmesan cheese and pepper to taste. This recipe was good. Yeah. It It made a lot. That's my only reservation did you have it or did you did you go all in i made everything i made i did this whole thing and i got a whole turkey from kroger i got a, a boneless one i didn't bother like getting a carcass and cutting it off because if i got ah, i'm just gonna get a you know turkey and it's all gonna be good they sell whole boneless turkeys it's like um it's like a, a big part of the turkey yeah. Oh, okay. it's like a, it's almost like a brisket style. Okay, I was picturing like the whole, like the arms and the legs, just. Like... <laughs> oh no, poor, poor turkey. Be really gross. <laughs> they somehow figured out how to make all of the turkey's bones into metal, and they just magnetize <laughs> suddenly all the bones out of a turkey. They can do that now. The technology exists. <laughs> I started a rumor once that <laughs> that KFC had learned to engineer chickens. Um, where they just didn't have bones and they were just flaps of meat on the floor until they cooked them. And I got a few people to believe me. <laughs> Not just have been you. The Franken turkey was like a thing growing up. Like we were to be afraid of. That, that KFC had these weird deformed turkeys that had like over... Well, I'm sure they, they might still. Like they have... They produce more breast meat than they should. And they produce like more thigh meat than they should. Like they're genetically engineered to be disproportional chickens. Oh, they do that for sure. But yeah. they, they don't do it so they grow without bones and are just a pile on the floor. <laughs> they don't have beaks anymore. I think that was like a rumor. KFC, not a sponsor. But if you will, um, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll track some of it and I'll try some some of your chicken. I but. won't. You're gross. Coleslaw's okay. Um, <laughs> I'd never bought cream spinach in my life. That was an interesting experience. It comes out just nice and frozen and it has like chunks of cheese in it and it just melts into like this cheesy thing. It sounds so gross to have it like melt because I've had frozen spinach when it melts. It's like all watery and like wet, like a pile. And then to picture that with cream, just blah. It, it was okay. It was all right. This felt like traditional family food, I would say. Like my roommate and I were eating it and it was like you went over to somebody's house and they had this for dinner and you ate it. And it was like, that was food. I feel like I ate I ate a meal. Yeah, this is like, I think this is the first recipe that it's felt like, oh yeah, like if I were to go to someone's house or if I were to come home after playing in the park, my mom would have this. Like this is a recipe actual humans make. <laughs> 100% agree. And I got to say, the star of the show here are those sun-dried tomatoes. They add a, a different kind of texture and a different taste that... Because everything's just so cheesy. Oh my gosh. Ricotta cheese, Parmesan cheese, the spinach has cheese on it. It needs to be broken up a little bit more. And those tomatoes helped a lot. Yeah, I've never used sun-dried tomatoes before, but I really liked it. I think I'm going to do it again. Yeah, they're expensive, but they're real good. It's usually like a small little package of them for $4.99 is what the one I bought. Yeah, and I think I want to start making my own. 
I don't know. It's like you have to leave them in the oven for a long time. That's yeah. the only exception. But. So what I did to change it is I added an onion, a chopped onion. Oh, it needs an onion so bad. I immediately, So after I made this recipe, I went ahead and added more things. One of them was an onion to this. Yeah. I added a portobello mushroom cap um, and I chopped that up. Also, it needs mushrooms. I think everything needs mushrooms pretty much, but this it Agreed. needed it in this. Just another flavor level. And then to make the creamed spinach, because... I can't do the dairy. Um, I used 10 ounces of fresh spinach leaves and then a cup of coconut milk. And I kind of stirred it up together um, and just... Seems like that might be a little overwhelming, that coconut taste. Coconut milk, it's not. It doesn't taste like coconut. Like, not out of the can, like what you buy in, like, a milk carton. Yeah, not the can. Um, And then I subbed the turkey for 12 ounces of chicken sausage. It was a wild mushroom chicken sausage, which was really delicious. And with that mushroom, it went really, really well together. I can't stress that enough. Um, I just didn't put ricotta cheese in because I couldn't find a decent enough substitute. The closest thing that I could find was to make something similar to ricotta cheese out of cashews, and that sounded like a lot of work. Ricotta cheese is pretty nice. It's like a nice thicker cheese. Yeah. It go, it's usually found inside of ravioli. That's how I like mostly know like ricotta. Or in lasagna. I've known people to put or, it yeah. in lasagna. And I also, I eliminated adding that cooking water. Did I say that? Oh, yeah. That's well. That that that's coming up. That's how to cook it in a second. Okay. Well, I didn't do that, and I added oregano, salt, and black pepper. And oh, and I subbed Parmesan cheese for um, vegan cheese. It's called Daya. It's mo- it's like similar to mozzarella. It's really like sticky and gummy, but Parmesan is difficult to do. So. This was really good, though. Like, even dairy-free and gluten-free, it was really good. The only thing I gotta say, it made too much. It makes two 9-inch pie plates is what it recommends you using, and that's what I use. And that's just too much food. Yeah. I did it in a casserole dish, like a 9 by 13 and it was the whole thing it was heaping. And husband and I ate it for, I think, three days for lunch and dinner. (laughs) It was a lot. It says it makes four to six servings. I think I got at least eight eight servings oh, out of this. Oh, yeah. I don't know who's eating those heap... Well, JR, I guess, is eating... Maybe the Undertaker. <laughs> He's 200 and 325 pounds, according to this little blurb here. And, I mean, he he doesn't look like he's 325. He's just a huge man. He is a monster of a human being. I also put, um, after... Because I cooked everything as is, realized that it could have been better. I added... I had, like, the broccoli carrot cauliflower a vegetable mix thing and i just put that in there and added just like it needs texture this is like it's too cheesy and and it's too soft like eating spaghetti here and like the turkeys the turkey kind of like fades away into the meal um it just and it just needs like it just needs texture you don't even really need the turkey for this thing you can make this um, vegetarian oh yeah it'd be so good vegetarian or you could put some hot italian sausage in it that would be really good too anyways we should probably get into how to make this right brad uh, step one to cooking undertakers turkey and spinach tetrazzini pre the oven to 450 degrees number two cook the pieces of spaghetti in a large pot of boiling salted water until tender drain thoroughly reserving one cup of the cooking liquid Step three, in a large bowl, mix the spaghetti, turkey, cream, spinach, ricotta cheese, tomatoes, garlic, eight tablespoons of the cheese, and the reserved cooking liquid, season with pepper. Step four, spread the mixture into two nine-inch pie plates and sprinkle with the remaining two tablespoons of cheese. Bake ten minutes or until the top is light golden color. So I thought the cooking liquid sounded gross. I'd never heard of people doing that. I guess people do do that, and I'm just... I did that. It, it seemed fine. <laughs> it just sounds it seemed, gross. It seemed good. <laughs> it was just 
leftover pasta water. I don't know. Yeah, it's like drinking the milk in a cereal bowl, though. I just think there's something like... Ooh, I like doing that. You don't like drinking the milk out of a cereal bowl? No, I gross. mean, Fruity Pebbles taste so good. I am not... A, yeah, the Pebbles do. I'm not a psychopath and drink the milk. It's all like... It's got stuff in it. I think they could sell cereal milk and Ugh, make money. Don't. No. Cereal companies, if you're hearing this, that's a free idea from me to you. No, that's so sick. Aw. Anyway, put it put it by the Nesquik in the in the in the oh, milk aisle. Nesquik. For, oh. Yeah, they have like little Nesquik like chocolate milks. Put Fruity Pebble milk out there. That's a thing that could sell. Oh, please don't do that. You're not a sponsor on this podcast. Anyone who would think <laughs> to do that, sick. I don't know if I liked spaghetti noodles as the pasta of choice in this. Um, other than that, I thought this recipe was dang good. What noodles would you I, put in place? Probably mascioli or like a thicker like a fettuccine noodle maybe. Maybe like um, I don't know. Spaghetti just seems out of place. It seems it's so good. It just was like I didn't understand why I was using that noodle. I would like to see this with like animal shapes pasta. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put some wheels, maybe. That's a yeah. Fun little pasta. Nobody ever uses the wheels, or like maybe the little the little shells. I like those shells because then it could catch all the all the the. I don't know, the juice water? I, I like the shells from mac and cheese for that very same reason. It catches all like the cheesy and the buttery goodness. Yeah, I guess this one doesn't have much of a sauce to catch. A lot of cheese, though. So much dang cheese. Oh, boy, oh, boy. So did you know what Tetrazzini was before we did this? Not a clue. <laughs> no. <laughs> no idea. Never heard of it before in my life. I guess it's just pasta casserole, which seems like yeah. just casserole, I guess. Yeah, just an Italian kind of casserole. I like to picture, because they say to put it in two nine-inch pie pans, and I can't for the life of me figure out why, because it worked as a casserole, like in a casserole dish. But I like to think that his wife makes it and just sets a pie plate down in front of him, and he just eats it all out of the thing till it's That's his plate size. <laughs> One plate for him. One played for his 10 other guests that show up to yeah. his party. Yeah. <laughs> or one for him and one for JR. <laughs> Just sit and stare at each other with their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have this recipe pretty easy. It uses two packages of cream spinach. Yeah. You just use one. Like, all these things have pretty well. I don't get Easily. it. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason. It made so much. But it was good, and I ate it all week. And I enjoyed it. And I would give this recipe three and a half stars. Really? Yep. I'd give it a four. Four point two. Whoa, that's pretty high. I loved it. I ate it happily <laughs> for days. Other than the Stone Cold Simmering sauce, I think I would make this recipe again out of the ones we've done. Oh, yeah. I, I plan on making this again in the winter when it gets real cold. Absolutely. Jacqueline, do you have any last thoughts about The Undertaker's turkey and spinach tetrazzini? Not about his Tetrazzini, but about his finishing move. We haven't touched on that, and Ooh, I feel like our he's got a couple of them. Yeah, but you know the one I'm talking about. I know which one you're talking about, but he has a couple. Okay, well, let's get into them both. He's got something called the old school, which is when he he was a youngin. He still did it when he was older, but it was much harder. He would wrap your arm up. He'd like twist it, climb the top rope, walk across the top rope. Oh yeah jump off and slam you in the back with his fist. It looks like it hurts so bad. <laughs> he had a, uh, a powerbomb called The Last Ride, which was like a super powerbomb where he got you in a powerbomb but lifted you up a little bit more than slammed you down. Because he's six foot ten. <laughs> Every big guy had the choke slam, which is another finishing move, but the iconic finishing move that I know you're talking about is oh, yeah. the tombstone pile drop. God, no, Paul, not this way. No, no, no. Two-stone pile driver. 
That's what the pizza company, that's why they named themselves that. Is it? Is that a fact? Is that a true fact? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will not verify it. No, Nobody else out there should. <laughs> no. <laughs> maybe, maybe my second to worst favorite pizza, but it's a story <laughs> for every day, I guess. Maybe we'll talk about it in, the after, in our after show. But yeah, the pile driver, he would, uh, you describe it, I'm not great at it. So he'd pick you up um, stomach to stomach. He'd turn you around so your knees were in line with his head. And then he would just kneel down, and it would look like your face got spiked into the canvas. You'd fall down, and then he would cross your legs like a Dracula vampire man and pin you one, two, three. He would cross your arms like a Dracula vampire man. He would. He also <laughs> put put his head down and lift it up, and all of his hair would fly back, and oh, he'd roll yeah. his eyes into his head. Yeah, because he could do it, so he's just got like the whites, and his hair's all greasy with sweat. Oh, it was so awesome. I still don't know how he didn't break everybody's neck with that move. Because that's actually one of the safest pile drivers out there, and it's one you can still do, and it's because you can visually see if this person's knees are where they're supposed to be, there's no way their head is past your knees below you. No way! Mm-hmm. It looks so dangerous. See, I always assumed that... Remember when there was that rash of children who just were breaking their necks because they were backyard wrestling? This is the move I assumed they were all doing it with, is the pile driver. Undertaker being a 325-pound man who is very built can probably pick you up and do that move very safely. But if you're just doing it in a backyard wrestling style, I bet you got hurt. Yeah. He also did this thing. It was so incredible. He would pick you up, like, like by your neck, but he would just pick you up and hold you out there. Like, like... It was like he had superhuman strength, like maybe the devil was inside him. He was incredible. During the match when The Undertaker was getting beaten to a bloody pulp where you thought there was no way to come back, he would suddenly just snap up and sit. Yeah? And oh, be like, yeah! Oh, and the wrestler would just like freak out like, oh no, what is, <laughs> I, what is going on? I did so many moves to him and he just is impervious to all of them. So good. He is honestly one of the best wrestlers <laughs> there ever has been. I probably say this every episode, but like everybody, please watch an Undertaker match. We'll put a link in the show notes it's so his last couple wrestlemanias have been incredible matches just all the fan favorites really oh. fun yeah he's got a lot of fake hips he's got a lot of fake parts in him he's got a lot of injuries but he's still wrestling after 30 years in the business really he's got fake parts yeah he's got a hip fake he doesn't have his real hip anymore maybe both hips are gone i don't know he also maybe the the coolest and cheesiest thing that's ever happened at SummerSlam, i want to say he picked up edge who we previously mentioned is in the the gangrel crew though not at this time he picked him up and he i don't remember now if he choke slammed him or if he pile drove him like through the ring and then edge was gone and then fire shot up, and the announcers, I believe it was JR, just went crazy talking about how he choke slammed Edge into hell. <laughs> just gone from this plane of existence, <laughs> just straight into hell through the wrestling ring like it's a portal. <laughs> but, then, but then next week, Edge is back, and it's like, no big deal. <laughs> uh, I think the end might be near, right? Just recently, there's there's a there's a character named Braun Strowman. They got put in the back of a garbage truck, and the garbage truck 
like crushed him. And then a week later, he's just ba- he came back <laughs> jumping out of the garbage truck just fine. No he, he, had barely, he had barely spent a week in a garbage truck. <laughs> it's like, man, wrestling, you do a lot of fun things. It, it really is. It's soap operas like if soap operas were good. Like who wants all that drawn out feelings and longing looks? This is just storyline and punching and kicking and slamming. And it's so great. Everyone should watch. Maybe watch while you eat the spinach tetrazzini. Yeah, I would recommend trying this recipe. It's kind of, it was good. You know, solid food. Yeah. It'll feed you. I'll give it. I'll give it that. Much. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a compliment. It'll it'll feel like you had dinner. <laughs> you will have dinner. It's a good cozy night. Find us on Twitter, twittercom Chef, facebookcom Chef. Email us topropechef at gmail.com. Give us some wrestling names for us to call each other at the beginning of the podcast. Find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash topropechef. We love getting your emails, guys. Keep them coming. Yeah, please do. If you have questions, I was thinking about maybe we can do like a question and answer segment. I would love that. show or something. Yeah, I think it'd be really fun. Yeah. Send us some recipe questions or some wrestling questions. Or and, some just uh, questions you want us to answer on the fly. Surprise yeah, each other with. We'll whatever, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Don't ask for our passwords. That's the only thing that's off limits. Yeah, no fishing. Don't, don't be fishing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Until next week. See ya. Thanks. Bye.